worship you. We give you praise. Awesome God, we thank you. We worship you. He that was and is and is to come. We root of David. We thank you, mighty God, for the opportunity to be in your presence once more. It's a great privilege. It's indeed a great privilege. We thank you. Father, we come. We ask that you take over and take charge. For the men and women that are in this hall are here to meet you. evening that you come down in your mighty power touch our lives empower us revive us strengthen us uplift souls that are weak where the holy spirit will take absolute control let there be no room for flesh or man father we decrease so that you might increase have your way this for in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Praise the Lord. This evening we are going to consider a topic that says God's unfailing promises. God's unfailing promises. At a time like this in our nation, in our world, when things are going upside down, when there is a very big challenge to Christianity, economies of strong nations are collapsing, some countries are already in recession. People are people with weak faith are doubting the efficacy of God's word. It is imperative, it is important. We cannot take for granted that we need to remind ourselves of God's unfailing promises that will help us to soldier on, that will help us to move on. Praise the Lord. We are going to read many verses this evening, as quick as possible. So, um, uh, technical, I want you to raise our brother. Uh, please, you want to, to, where is he now? Victor, I, I want you to be around too that you help us to flip through those passages as within the limited time that I have. I found out that in first century Christians, we don't have time to read the word again. And it's a very big error. Because it's the, the strength of the word of God, the quality of the word of God we have within, that will help you to be victorious in times of battle, in battles of life. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 49 verse 16. Isaiah chapter 49 verse 16 the translation I have here says see okay I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands thy words are continually before me my translation here says I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands thy words are continually before me this the promise of God. It's, I'm not trying to take it generally. God promising that he has us in the palm of his, he has inscribed us. Nothing can remove anything that is inscribed here. And that there are wars are continually before me. The things that you surround yourself as protective gadgets. God is the, the, the is charge. 
It cannot be broken into. There won't be a crack. That, that's a general promise. So it's, 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 it's reassuring to know that God says that he has you inscribed in the palm of his hands. His palms. Nothing can steal it. Nothing can take it away. If you like, bath 100 times. Nothing can remove it. That's the promise of God. Let's take Isaiah 45 verse 19. You said Isaiah. 45 verse 19. Okay, I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I said not unto the seed of Jacob, seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. God is saying here, the seed of Jacob, we are the descendants of Jacob. God is saying that I didn't ask you to worship me, to follow me in vain. It's like a contractual obligation. Serve me, then you will, you will take the benefits thereof. So we are not doing this thing for fun or to hang out. It's a business, a serious business. Business that concerns souls, that concerns eternity, concerns your welfare and art. So God did not call us for us to go empty-handed. They say the seat of God said he didn't say it in the dark place. He wasn't careful to say it. He meant it. He didn't want to say, this thing you're asking me, where are you sure that I said it? He said, I didn't say it in vain. It wasn't in a dark place that I didn't ask the seed of Jacob to seek me in vain. Which means, when you serve me, when you follow me, when you obey me diligently, I will bless you. You have something to get. That's a general promise. Let's take the last one. Zechariah chapter 2 verse 8. Zechariah 2 verse 8. For thus says the Lord of hosts, after the glory hath he sent me unto the nations which spoiled you. For he that toucheth you the apple of his eye. Praise the Lord. Can you tell yourself, I'm apple of God's eyes? Can you say it with confidence? So, whoever touches you, touches the apple of God's eye. Which means, nobody can toil with you and get away with it. Witches and wizards, principalities and powers, I want you to have this confidence in you that whoever touches you touches the apple of God's eye. It's a great promise. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, brethren. We're going to look at five dimensions. Five dimensions of His promises. Five dimensions of God's unfailing promises. One, God avenges God avenges when an adversary or an enemy trespasses. God avenges when an adversary or an enemy trespasses. If you read the book of Genesis chapter 20 verse 3 Genesis chapter 20 verse 3 was the encounter of Abraham with Abimelech. When Abraham was moving to Gerar and came to the south, there was a king in charge. The wife Sarai was very beautiful, beautiful to behold. And Abraham was, didn't want to die. And he lied that Sarai wasn't his wife, that was his sister. So the king, King Abimelech, took the wife home to sleep with her. The Bible says at night, God appeared to King Abimelech in dream and told him what? 
you are a dead man. Omopa yes. used to say it in broken that. Now that you don't die soon. <laughs> you are a dead man. You are sleeping with another man's wife. And the man said, out of the integrity of my heart, I have not touched her. And Abraham told me that she was his sister. And God commanded him, bring that woman back, go to Abraham, confess, let him pray for you. Otherwise, not just you, you and your household. That was when an enemy trespassed. The Bible says you should not convert your another man's wife or possessions. Because Abraham had a covenant relationship with God. God went ahead. Even though he made a mistake. So when I enemy on adversary trespasses, God fights. God rises to defend his people. Praise the Lord. When you go to Genesis chapter 31 verse 24, it talks about the encounter of if you start from 30 to chapter 1, verse 24, encounter of Laban and Jacob. Let's read that 1, verse 24. And God said to Laban, the Syrian, in a dream by night, and said unto him, Take heed that thou speak not to Jacob, either good or bad. Jacob underwent 20 years apprenticeship under Laban. First seven years for the first wife, second seven years. First wife, I think Leah. The first one was who? Second one, Rachel. And that's him. It's 14 years. Then six years for him to train him in animal husbandry. And at the end of the day, he will sort him out. But Laban was a swindler. He was a wicked in law. And God even gave Jacob ideas how to outwit him by asking him to. Get a rod, stay before fatty sheep when they are pregnant, so that they will produce spotted and speckled rams for him. And with that, he had he had a, a, a large number that appreciated Laban's school. And the man didn't want to let him go, so he took off. And this man assembled his armed men to track down Jacob and his his, his in-law with his two daughters and their children. The Bible says at night, God spoke to Levi. I know you're a wicked man. Don't talk, say anything good or bad against that one. Because he wanted to destroy him. Because he was ruled by the spirit of Mammon. Wait, there are people that when you go into business with them, they want to swallow you up. There are people that there's money in the office, 500,000 naira to show to your guy, take 300,000. You can share other workers, 200,000. That 200 will even be too big. You say you want to take all of give them 50,000. They are more like that. So in the journey of life, you don't know who your boss or business partner or whoever is will be. You need to cling on the promise of God to protect you. Otherwise, this man would have finished Jacob. But God went in the midnight to give him a warning. That's how God can avenge when an enemy, when an adversary shows up. That will be our portion in Jesus' name. Amen. Then let's take the final example here. If you read Acts of Apostles chapter 9 verse 4. Acts chapter 9 verse 4. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? When Saul was a very big threat to the church, he was terrorizing the church with exceptional and unusual zeal. And he was really tortured the church. He was really a torment. And when on his way to Damascus, he was, when God arrested him. That was the question. So why persecuted thou me? Who asked that question? Who asked that question to Saul? It was God. So which means Saul 
When Saul was persecuting the people of God, he was God saw it as a direct attack. Because the people of God are the apple of his eyes. Brethren, I want us to be conscious and understand how God places us. The Bible says we are small gods. God has called us out of darkness into marvelous light. God says we are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. When we obey him diligently, when we follow him, when we live a covenant relationship with him, whoever finds us, is God sees it as an affront. God, God give us understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take the second angle. And that angle is longevity. Long life is a covenant right. The way people are dying today is a great testimony to their life in Nigeria. Sometimes when they say 50 people die, it won't make sense because we are used to it. If you read Psalm chapter 91 verse 16, Bible said, I will satisfy you with long life, which means when you die prematurely, it means that there are a lot of things that you want to achieve. A lot of us here have our ambitions, robust ambition programs for the year, for the five years, for the century, for our children, for our grandchildren. So, so you, you, God, long life is not is not something you say ah, somebody that's old will die before me. It's not true. The arrows that fly by day, the terror that go by night, killing people, people are making sacrifices to be richer, to consolidate power, to exercise control. And the language of some of these sacrifices is blood. And it was the blood of people. Therefore, People's life must be cut at the prime. And therefore, it is not taken for granted that one may not live long. Therefore, it's a great promise for, to the children of God that when you serve me, when you follow me, when you apple of my eye, I will guarantee that all these diseases, all these terrorist attacks will not get through to you. And we have a living example to tap from that covenant. Like we have our CP that is over 80. It's something that we can tap from. If we see him, he's strong, he's doing it, God has upheld him, he also upheld us. I know some families that people cannot live above 70 them. We will live long in the name of Jesus. When you read Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 33, it talks about complete obedience. When you serve me diligently, you will live to the good old age. Good old age. These are the promises we can get from serving God. Another thing is, if you read Ephesians chapter 6, 1 to 3, it talks about honor your father and your mother. So that what will happen? The days will be long. It's a mystery. It's the word of God. Honor your father and mother. What do they like? Do it. If you want to live long, your parents may not be may not even know that's why you are doing it. It's the word of God. So if you still have your father or your mother, they are still alive. Find a way to honor them. Not necessarily giving them pocket money. You know what is honor? You can do a big birthday for them. Call people, ah, my mommy says 60 or 70 or whatever. Call me, bring people back club, bring photographers. You might be saying, Nami, you are doing this. It's an honor. I should be praying. 
And if that prayer is undiluted, which is a wizard cannot even dilute it or divert it. Because it's a promise of God. God will give us long life in the name of Jesus. We have another unfailing promise of God. Victory over battles of life. Let's read 1 John chapter 5 verse 4. 1 John chapter 5 verse 4. For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. This is one of my best verses in the Bible. Whosoever that is born of God overcometh the world. By wisdom, by understanding what is killing others will not kill us. Like the COVID-19 pandemic is driving everywhere. Some of you don't agree. You say government is making money with it. But that can be deceitful. You have to be. It's here. Even the worst kind of it is here. So don't, as Christians, you should be conveyors of right information. A brother testified in our church yesterday. He's a senior government officer in our numbers, the government. That is, governor mandated all the ESCO members and senior officers to undergo COVID-19 test. And um, he asked the commissioner for help to come with more kids while coming to his office. So he had about 15 staff. So and they were all tested, including him. Out of his 15 staff, three of them were positive. So, so I'm not saying this thing to make us be uh, afraid. We should have to understand the times. That whether it is going up and down, God will preserve us. But we have to do the right thing. We have to exercise wisdom. We have to exercise caution. When you go to our market, it's as if they said nobody should wear masks. They said they are eating money with it. Okay, give us statistics. The money there. Who is bringing the money they are eating? We have to be wise. The Lord will give us understanding in Jesus' name. Yeah. So we have a DNA of victory in us. That's, that's what this Bible is saying. That whosoever that is not overcometh the world. So let us have this mindset, this consciousness that we are unbeatable in the battles of life. If you read Romans chapter 8 verse 1 and 2, one of the most beautiful places I like in the Bible. Say, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the Lord of spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from law of sin and death. Which means nobody can cause you, either in any native doctor, or do any divination, or say family cause. Because the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus is reigning over you. There was a story shared by Diko Lukoy of MFM in one of his books. He said in Lagos, one of uh, one day a pastor entered a bus and the, the conductor was unruly and uh, one man that entered there, the, you know the way conductors fell in Lagos, the way they talk to people carelessly, disrespectfully. So the way he talked to the man wasn't good. So when they got to a, a bus stop, the man put his hand, that's the man the conductor abused, put, came down, put his hand into the pocket and commanded him, oh, yeah, remove your clothes. The man removed his trousers, remove his shirt, oh, yeah, remove your boxers. Started doing like a madman. He put his hand. You think that when you wake up and do small prayer and go and come back, people are, the marketplace is a place of battle. Even in your offices, in your market, even market is even the worst. That's why they resist the location of markets. Because of the things they bury and do there to attract customers. So, 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 when that man, so the pastor inside the place saw said, man, why are you doing this thing to this young man? We don't support the way he talked to you. But you can't go to this extreme. The man, the man said to the pastor, 
if you talk to me that way, I also command you to also. Oh yeah, he started commanding the pastor. Put off your naked. The pastor, in the name of Jesus, you are the person that will put off the. The, the man started putting off his makeup, put off his clothes, put off, and was getting mad too. He did that. The pastor was able to do that not because he was carrying that ecclesiastical title. He did it because he knew he has a DNA of victory. He has a covenant with the man that rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomsoever he wills. And according to that story, that man later repented and became a pastor. That's the way we have to carry. So there are courses everywhere. From there we put it in the foundation of your house where you live so that you won't prosper. There are many things that are happening. But when they release, the Bible said that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and is what? Said. Therefore, there is no condemnation, no cause, no covenant, no evil pronunciation. The Bible said he has blotted out the handwritten of ordinances that was written against us, that was contrary to us. He made a public spectacle of them. So that when people see, they know that ah, God has really done this. The Lord will give us his power in Jesus' name. Amen. If you read Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, the Bible says, Revelation chapter 12, that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony, words of their testimony, and the Lord brought their life unto their death. Words of our testimony. Do you know that testimony embodies you? Is that not so? When you, when you, when, when any Christian that doesn't have testimony, therefore that is where full gospel comes, sharing your testimony, what God has done for you. We have a blood that was shed, not like the blood of Abel that was speaking of vengeance. It's not talking about forgiveness, mercy, power, victory. It's that blood that we that brought us into this business. If there was no shedding of blood that had no spot or wrinkle, we wouldn't have been healed. Therefore, that blood is still efficacious. And God test around that where during the time he was, he was trying to move the people of Israel from Egypt. When he asked them to kill and spread the blood in the, in, in the corner of their door. That whenever the, the, the angel that came in the midnight to kill the firstborn came. Whenever he saw the blood, he passed he passed over those houses. And in the morning, when they had tragedies and cries in, in various homes, the people of God were shielded because they had the mark of the blood. And that blood is still efficacious. And that's why it is. You say the blood of Jesus. And it will work. God will continue to give us victory over our battles in Jesus' name. Have you seen this blessing in the Bible? He said in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 4. It's one of the blessings I had. He said, Because thou was precious in my sight, and thou will be none of you, and because I love you, I will give men for you and people in exchange for your life. Do you know you can exchange life, exchange tragedy? One of my, my uh, uh, cousins, when she was in Lagos, Coming up, she's now in the UK, coming out to the east. She entered uh, this uh, young she grew up, this is school bus then. This thing happened over 15 years ago. When she sat down, something come and talked to her, leave this seat, move to another seat. It happened up to three times and she had to change. When they were coming back, the bus had an accident. The only person that died was the person that replaced her. This uh, air crash that happened, uh, happened that is it between Addis Ababa or whatever, last year or so, when one professor died, that is a Canadian and a Nigerian and one ambassador. One of my friends was in that airport. He was supposed to fly, but he missed that flight. Near misses. Close shape with death. But God protected us because, because when in the kingdom of darkness they decreed that. They want four, five, six, ten, twenty persons to sacrifice. God can shield you. God, people will die that place. That's one of the things 
victories that are granted here. It's not just about world war and protection. We also have a promise of access to wealth. Access to wealth. Access to wealth. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, we say, You shall remember the Lord who gives you power to get wealth. I read one book many years back. The title of that book was written by a former mafia. The title of that book is The Mafia Manager. He said something I learned. Because you know children of darkness. The Bible said they are wiser. He said you should not just work hard. You should work smartly. It's God that links you up. Connects you with where to get wealth? On the chapel, will tell you about coming back again. A good me, not a yasinagini, not you. How does God give you power to get wealth? His ideas, his direction, is knowing what to do and what to refrain from. If you want to engage into any business. He said, this business partner will kill you. When the money is, has gone into seven digits, he will kill you. God will shield you and remove you from there. There are people where you go into partnership with them for business or for anything. Because of the cost they are carrying, it will never work. Maybe you have not experienced that. It will never work. If you read uh, uh, Jeremiah chapter, uh, Genesis chapter 26 verse 2, Genesis chapter 26 verse 2. He was talking about, about Isaac. When Isaac wanted to leave, when there was famine, God told him, don't leave. Don't leave. Most of us have moved to places where God should have blessed us because of moving by sight. The way you follow God, he directs you. Some people went, I want to travel abroad. Some of them are in abroad for 20, 30 years. The problem is even to get money to come back, to fly ticket. But that people that went there two, three, four, five years, they started doing something. So you shouldn't just, you shouldn't just join the bandwagon. You should understand you are operating with a covenant. And you need to decipher the mind of God before you do anything. In terms of the business, not every business that is profitable that you go into and succeed. It's God that gives you power to get wealth. That is even enough topic on its own. I won't dwell much on it. If you read Second Chronicles chapter twenty verse twenty-five, Second Chronicles chapter twenty verse twenty verse twenty-five, and when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them. They found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away. And they were three days in gathering of the spoil. It was so much. How many of you use ODM here? Mm-hmm. Uh, man. If you if you read it this morning, that this thing was there about Beraka. So so what, what I'm trying to say is that this was when kings conspired against Jehoshaphat and he brought the people of God to pray and God said that was where he was in that chapter that Bible said believe in the Lord God you are uh, God and you shall do what you shall be established and believe in prophets and you do what you prosper it was in that place you get it now after that encounter they killed themselves and this is what they found out they, they, there was abundance that they could not even carry them away. It was divine direction. It was divine victory. It was spoil of victory arranged by God. So that his people, what the enemy thought would be to destroy them, God turned it upside down. God can give you ideas to get wealth. My son do this. There are people that are millionaires today because they are frying granites. I've said it here before, they are people that they are investing, they are wealthy because they just have a special way of preparing account. That is why I, I like what 
uh, national president said one, one of the regional conferences I attended, he said, do not allow your certificate to limit you. In fact, he said, you know me, I read architecture. He said, yes. But I, I, I was, he said then, about three years or four years ago, that he was collaborating with Abu to build a pharmaceutical company. But he read architecture. So we should allow, we should not allow your certificate or the way you think you are, I don't want people to, to know that I'm doing this. You should listen to God. People are billionaires because they carry waste. They organize mobile toilets. They will tell you sheep business is a big business. But the Lord give us understanding in the name of Jesus. We, we have to be with you. We don't have any covenant with poverty. Let me tell you, it's not about if you, if you are doing civil service work. Here the people say the, 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 the blessing is not in the salary, but the sanctuary. So, so you're not even allowed because you're a civil servant. You, are, you, you just limit yourself. If your salary is 100 or 100, can you use it to, to sponsor missions? You can't. You've not, you've not even enough to pay your bills. So we should open our eyes. God wants us to be worthy because if we are worthy, we overrun this place. We overrun this even with care and charity. People will come to you. When I went, my friend is building a house somewhere, so I helped him to arrange for people that are working for If you go to this new artisan, new artisan, by close to Sam's Hotel, so many young boys there, especially from the other part of the country, you know we are in trouble, they are just looking for what to do. Do you know if God empowers us, we take care of them, feed them, clean them up, give them a skill, we will win men into Christ and change them. So we need money, not just for to buy cars, or how many cars will you use on this house, how many will you build? We need work to propagate the gospel, because time is short, and devil is busy taking away life so that they will have opportunity to repent. May God give us understanding in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And you know in Matthew 19 verse 29, when Jesus was saying, he talked about the rich man, say how it will be equal to it will be easier to pass through the eye of the needle than a cam- it, will, it will be easier for a camel to pass through the eye of the needle than a rich man going to it. Disciples were worried. And said, Peter was asking, ah, if you say it's difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom, one of us, so we remain poor. And Jesus says, and everyone that has forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my nice sake shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. On earth you will receive a hundredfold and also make eternity. So, we need to activate that section of the scripture to ask God to bless us. These days we are talking of multiple streams of income. We are talking of multitasking. We are talking of side hustles. Those things that are not your main job that can give you money. And with your phone and digital economy, there are many things you do. Even in agriculture, we have many, many things to do that God can empower. Just as the leading of the Holy Spirit. The Lord will empower us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Lastly, we have God's unfailing promise about spiritual revival and eternity. Let's read 1 John chapter 2 verse 1. 1 John chapter 2 verse 1. My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. We are talking of when you found out you backslidden. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. That the promise of God is that I write this thing to you that you sin not. But however, if you sin, you have an advocate, Jesus, which means you can't remain in your backward state. You can't remain in your backsliding state. Now, even now, if you find out that you are low in the spirit, you've moved back from where God called you, forsaking the first love, the promise of God is that we have an advocate. We have Jesus speaking for you that even now, he can forgive you. He can bring you back. Because God is thinking about the future. He knows your potential. And that your potential for kingdom business 
is what the devil is trying to truncate so that he will manifest to advance the cause of the gospel. So, if you are low in the spirit, like uh, uh, Daddy was saying, we are just a fellowship. We can't bring anybody. We are just entertaining ourselves. Benny Hinn said that if you have this gathering, any gathering that you have, you are not talking of salvation, not talking of holiness, your holiness, or going to heaven. It's a social club. It's a nightclub in a daytime. So we must talk about it because that is the essence of our gathering. We are not here because we are from Abia or Yimu or Southeast or Nigeria. We are here <coughs> because we are children of God. So if you have, if anything happened last year or last month or this morning, forget that past. You have opportunity for a renewal this morning so that you start on a clean slate with your America because you have an advocate, Jesus. That's a great promise. So even when the accuser of the brethren say, ah, you lied yesterday, you did this yesterday, Jesus is advocate standing at the right hand of God consistently. Advocate saying, have mercy. Have mercy. I died for this person. Let not my efforts be wasted. The Lord will give us grace in Jesus' name. Amen. When you look at Luke chapter 24 verse 34, I'm coming to an end. Luke 24 verse 34. Luke 24 verse 34. Luke 24. Are you there? Say, the Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. This was, you can read that, just read this so that it will be sure. This was when Christ had risen. People were contemplating whether he, he, his body was stolen or, or, or what happened. One of the first persons he appeared, this Simon is Peter. Simon Peter. This Simon Peter was the person that denied him three times. Even in this 21st century church, people will still be gossiping. Peter denied Christ. They will call a meeting. They will use the call a ball. But Christ moved to Peter because Christ had foretold that that temptation would come. And because Peter was an extrovert, he didn't understand the depth of conspiracy in the spirit, Christ understood. But beyond that, Christ knew he had a great potential to bring many people. Christ moved, appeared to him despite his shortcomings. Despite your shortcomings or weaknesses, Christ is looking at your strengths. Those things you can do for God. Look at Peter. In the day after the day of Pentecost, he ministered 3,000 who repented. How many crusades have you had that recorded that kind of inflow into the kingdom business? This is a potential that we would have lost if Christ did not take steps to get him recovered immediately. So what we are saying this evening, even if people condemn you or write you off or say or gossip in church or where you belong or even nobody recognizes you in the fellowship, God recognizes your potentials, what you have the capacity to do for the kingdom. Come back to him. He will revive you. He will empower you. The promises of God is for everybody. God does not look at your face or whatever, whether you're a pastor or you've been in faith for 100 years or from Adam. What is important, God wants his business to move on and any vessel that is available, God will use it. And he will use all of us in Jesus' name. And we have hope of eternity that we won't just end here. God will fight our battles, fine. God will give us victory, fine. God will prosper us, fine. God will avenge for us, fine. God will revive us, fine. But the bottom line is that we have a great promise of eternity. And after all these noise, it will just end like that. The Bible said in John chapter 14, 1 to 4, Be not troubled, my children, for in my father's house, what? There are many mansions. If there is, I will not be sad. I have told you, if I go and prepare, let something there, I will come and carry you. So God is preparing a home, and he says a mansion. The Bible said what God has prepared for his people, eyes have not seen Ears have not heard. No mind has been able to conceive it. Last week, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 to 18. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 to 18. So that we can pray. 
For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. He's talking about rapture. I have made up my mind as that any place that I go, even if it's not about, I will end up with telling people that this is end time. You have to. I did it in SMAS two occasions. SMAS, I had opportunity to present a paper in my area professional. After it, I do that was and it's a black and white. So when you go, you must read it. And we must continue to talk about this. Christ, we are not time. If God blesses us, give up mansion, prospers everything, fought our battles and granted our victory. At the end of the day, if we do not make heaven, <laughs> it's unimaginable. You can't even think of the consequences. For the Lord shall come that, okay, that which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the cloud to meet the Lord in the earth. And so you shall be with the Lord. So those Apostle Paul wrote this in thinking you will still be alive when Christ would come. We are alive. And when you die, your Christ don't come home. The Bible says it's appointed unto men once to die after judgment fully. So you have a great promise of eternity that when you have peace with Christ, that after here on earth, or if the trumpet sound this night, you will make heaven. That is the, the summary of the promises of God. And God will not allow any of us to go to heaven in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know anybody who is here. You are weak. And let me not just say so that we see as if we are doing not a cup. We will say, we will say, I have not repented. Let's not go through that way. You know that you are battling with what kind of besetting sin, or you want to work for God at a particular level, but issues of life or flesh has been hindering you. I want to pray with you. We just take two prayers. I want to pray with you. I'm not calling it uh, you want to give your life to Christ. I don't know if I'm giving our life to Christ. <clears throat> and we can say amen and bless you very well. But the Bible calls it that one of the signs of previous times is that people will have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. I want to pray with you. Can we close our eyes? You want Jesus to help you to be strong in faith, to be victorious in this 2021. You want to, 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 to start on a clean slate. You want to enjoy this covenant relationship because these things are not just taken. Then you have to qualify for it. Accepting the Christ is the first step. Maintaining the relationship on a daily basis is another step, which is like a battle. Battle between light and darkness. The Bible said, your flesh will want to do this. You know, the spirit and flesh I will contest in Galatians chapter 5. Which one I want to pull you to do what he wants. But anyone you submit to, you will, you, you will operate in your life. I want to pray for you, that brother, that sister. You want to rededicate your life to Christ to help you so that you can assess these unfailing promises. And at the end of the day, you'll be sure of eternity. Father, I pray for that brother or sister that is willing to come back to you. You've forgiven our sins. If you count our iniquities, if you count them one after the other, none of us will be qualified to be here. And it's because of that mercy. He said, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of mercy, that we may find grace to help in time of need. The need now is spiritual revival. To be, for us to be in tune, that will make us rapturable. Father, we pray that you revive and strengthen us in the name of Jesus Christ. That in this 2021, we will be serious for you. We will fight your cause. We will represent you well. We will be ambassador. We will preach the gospel. We will shine the light. We will be the salt of the earth. At any corner we find ourselves. That who would say because of us, they won't worship you. Father, help us to serve you. Help those souls in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, I'm going to pray. You have a battle you've been waging. All of us are waging battles. So. <laughs> In fact, if you, if, you, if you are not fighting any battle, it then means you don't have a great potential. Some of us don't supposed to be alive today. 
be blessings of battles that have been fought and won over our heads. So I'm a living example. Even now, the devil is still planning, but he will not walk. At the level of imagination, the Bible says we should cast it down. When you cast it down, you took charge. After all, there's not many things that you think that you implement. So the devil cannot also implement many things like that. And we also have the authority to, to scatter whatever the devil has planned. You are there are battles or issues of life you are fighting. I want you to rise up. There are things you want God to give you victory. There are things that you want God to fight for you. To avenge you, the, 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 the widow in Luke chapter 18 says, Avenge me of my adversary. Avenge me of my adversary. There is an issue or issues you want God to avenge for you. The way he fought for Abraham or Noe, the way he fought for Jacob or Noe, the way when the church was crying, this man, this man, God arrested him on the way and transferred him to preach overnight. That he, he even took one of the apostles to introduce Paul, who became Saul, for them to agree that he had converted. Let's sing this song. Thank you. 